already won. Killing the cynic, your demons to run. I don't believe it, cause we got the sun. Too many people, we gotta hear some. That's why we fight, laugh, feast. Yeah, we fight, laugh, feast. That's why we fight, laugh, feast. Yeah, we fight, laugh, feast. Don't tell me you win it, we already won. Hey y'all, welcome to Water Break On um, that camera, not that camera, that camera That's my Jacob camera Thank you for joining us on, on the Water Break It's Thursday uh, This is actually going to be, uh, next week I'm not going to be here Because I'm going to be in South Dakota at the rally So no Water Break show next week Unless we just do something live on the fly uh, on Thursday So uh, if our if you aren't going and you aren't a club member, you can actually join the club, and we live stream all the talks uh, in our club portal. So you can still catch all the talks. You can catch them live, and then, of course, you can catch them later, too, in the club portal. Uh, it's a great uh, uh, way to kind of catch all the talks. So join the club. Anybody that's a bronze member or above can still catch the talks uh, if you can't make it to the conference. Last time we had a lot of club members tuning in, streaming live, and it was a lot of fun and 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 all that. So don't 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 feel like you can't still catch the conference. Join the club, and you'll still be able to get it that way. Uh, we still have a couple uh, scholarship registrations left. So if uh, you still uh, want to come to the conference, didn't originally have the money to pay for registration and all that, uh, please reach out to contact at fightlaffeast.com and we'll get you guys. Uh, we have a couple scholarships left, and obviously um, those who really need it, we ask that you'd reach out uh, for that. Those who can pay for it, please um, go ahead and pay for the normal registration. Love to see you guys there. We don't want it to be prohibitive to anybody. Love to be fellowship. And we have about seven, 800 people that are going to be coming to the rally and out of in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. Pretty excited about that. We got a, a, a just a whole slate of fun planned for you guys. We're going to kick off the conference of beer and Psalms. Uh, after beer and Psalms, we're actually going to go to Hay Camp Brewery. Uh, Darren Doan, kind of after party with Darren Doan at Hay Camp Brewery afterwards. There'll be food trucks there. Uh, they're next to Hay Camp. I, this is the word on the street. I haven't confirmed it yet, but next to Hay Camp, there's a distillery, and it looks like they'll be open too. Uh, we'll have our uh, we're rolling out our Fight Life Feast cigar at the uh, conference. So our Fight Life Feast cigar label. Pretty excited about that. I think we're the only Christian show that has a cigar label. So uh, you know that's kind of that's kind of cool. Uh, but we'll be rolling that out at the at the uh, Hay Camp Brewery. It should be pretty fun over there. And then we're actually going to end the conference with comedian John Branion on uh, Saturday night for our Sabbath dinner. Get all the fighting, all the laughing, all the feasting happening. And and lastly, we're doing a – Cross Politics doing a live show. Um, you, as you, you'll see on the agenda, uh, you can go to Fight, Laugh, Feast or FLFnetwork.com forward slash rally. You'll see the agenda. But we're doing a live show with uh, – man, it's going to be a Royal Rumble. It's a, it's a whole list of guys that we're going to be bringing on and off the stage. Uh, for the live show on Saturday afternoon. So excited to be with, there with you guys. Can't wait to fellowship. Really looking forward to it. Uh, I have with me, you guys have probably already probably already know of Jacob. I've had him on the show before. Uh, I have Pastor Jacob Raum with me. He's the pastor of Trinity Bible Church in uh, Canada, particularly province Ontario. And, and he's been kind of getting in a lot of trouble. I hope you guys have been praying for his church, praying for him. Uh, they have uh, racked up a number of fines, a number of court appearances, uh, and all that. So uh, I'm bringing them back on. One of the reasons why I want to bring them back on is because uh, you know we don't want to lose sight of what's going on up north for our brothers and sisters up there. Uh, just like we don't want to forget what's going on with uh, uh, Wang Yi, Pastor Wang Yi, who's still in prison in China, and we want to keep this um, this issue. 
uh, in, in the forefront of our minds, not just for our own prayer life and everything, but also to do whatever we can to kind of help what's going on with the Canadian churches. If there's any pressure, friends, politicians that we can reach out to uh, as far as our gifts and our abilities and our access is here in the States, please be putting pressure on on what's going on in Canada. So, uh, uh, Jacob, thanks thanks for coming on again, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's it's my pleasure, and thanks for having me on again, Dave. It's always a it's a joy. Yeah, th- thanks, man. Um, it's been great to get to know you um, over this last year. One of the things that was I was actually googling uh, your name today just to kind of get an update on what the media has been saying about your church this week because I understand you had a court case last Friday, and and one of the articles that came up was actually uh, a 2018 article where your microphone was cut off. You were at a, a some sort of city Christmas celebration. You were invited up on stage. You were part of the agenda or whatever, and and you were invited up on stage, and, and as part of what you were doing, you were going to read scripture, and I'm sure talk a little bit about the Christmas story while we're celebrating Christmas, and your microphone got cut off. Like the city cut off your microphone, uh, and – and it was it just it seemed like the way the way the media was talking about it is is kind of like an odd moment, like you didn't quite know what was going on, and then you kind of just started talking without the mic well, to the whole audience. No, what what happened was is it was the second year we did this Chris Kindle market in Kitchener, which uh, we live in Kitchener Waterloo, and Kitchener is historically a German community. Actually, used to be called Berlin at okay. one point in time. Yep. But, um, Chris Kindle is a German celebration of Christmas, and we had a German grandmother in the church who was going to read the Christmas story in German. Mm-hmm. As soon as she opened the Bible, um, they cut her mic. And uh, it became very apparent to me when they cut her mic that they were cutting her mic because they wanted to censor the scriptures. Uh. And I could tell by the way the, the people who were running the event, I could tell by the looks on their face, they thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. And so it came my turn to go up, and they told me I'm not allowed to go up. They don't want me to speak. I spoke the year before, so I just walked on stage and uh, preached open air on stage without a mic, and uh, and that was that. But it 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 was that was actually outrageous in our community, and the, the overwhelming majority of our community sided with us in that. So yeah, well, that I, was a couple of years. Ago. What I thought was interesting, yeah, it was like 2018. What I thought was interesting yeah. about it mm-hmm. does what happened there now? Now what's going on with you now with your church mm-hmm. and? And your city and the judges and, and everything that's been going on and all the fines that you guys racked up because you've been breaking their COVID violations and so forth. Do you look back on that differently? Like, oh, that's maybe connected, actually? Well, it's it's silly because our, the criticism that I received at the time is, well, I want to open the Bible and preach the Word of God. Do it in your church. Don't do it in the public square at our city's Chris Kindle market. Well, now they don't even want me to do it in my church. I'm supposed to do it on uh, YouTube. So that's when's right. the day going to come when I'm not allowed to do it on YouTube? Right, right. You know, um, I, I I think there's I think part of the church is kind of waking up to um, all these connections that have happened in the past, where normally we'd just kind of ignore them or think that you know someone's just being silly. We'd chalk it up for something different. But one of the things the church needs to get better at is is making connections between. Uh, what happens here to where we're at five years down the road? You know, the exactly. the slippery slope is in it. It is a illogical fallacy, but it's also can be a logical connection. You know, the Bible talks about the slippery slope. You know, if if uh, you know homosexuality is in your land, you will suffer great judgment. Um, you know, if you do this, you this will happen. Go. Yeah, no, you take the logic they've used on this situation and you apply it in another situation, and you have a similar circumstance. I mean. 
we can lock down the country to save people from a virus that 99.9 something percent of Canadians haven't died from. We can lock down the country to save people from global warming. Right. Right. So, right. and and there are politicians who are talking about that right now. Right. So, um, what's the current update? Uh, I know you had a court hearing last week. What's the current update with what's going on in your church? Yeah, we were in court last week for contempt of court, and uh, they wanted to lock us out of our building, and um, in. Uh, and so basically they couldn't get the contempt of court charge because the lawyers of the government lawyers, and they have, I don't know how many government lawyers they have on us. I mean, everything I'm, I say and do, and every time I breathe, I think they're watching me right now, but it's, it's crazy. But I think they have at least eight government lawyers on me um, that are watching every move I do. And, and they dumped at 11 o'clock on Thursday night for a 10 o'clock trial Friday morning, 11 o'clock on Thursday night, they dumped 300 pages on our lawyer and wanted her to sift through it. We got, we have one lawyer that's working on our case. I mean, the Justice Center represents us, but they're preoccupied. Right. And so our one lawyer, Lisa Bildy, is working on our case right now, last week. Right. And um, and she got 300 pages at the 11th hour, mm-hmm. literally. Wow. So she argued that the case should be put off by a few weeks. The judge granted that. And then the judge said that he wasn't going to lock up our building uh, because he couldn't get a contempt charge, um, a guilty verdict. I think it was because he, I, I'm pretty sure it was a guilty verdict on the contempt charge that day uh-huh. uh, because the trial itself was postponed. So we had church last Sunday. Last Sunday there was a 15% limit on church attendance. And uh, we, somehow a number of trailers and RVs showed up at our church <laughs> to uh, obstruct the view of uh, of surveillance so they couldn't see our door. Yeah. And so whether we had over or under the 15%, uh, I don't think they were able to find out, so I don't know. But I didn't get charged today. It's ticket Thursday, and usually the tickets get delivered on Thursday. Okay. And so nobody showed up to give me tickets today, so I have I have no charges as far as I know this week. So it's the first week in a while I haven't been charged. So you guys had RVs in front of your doors. So what, like cars could pull in, drop people off, and go park? or If they wanted to. Maybe some people did that. Who knows? <laughs> You weren't you weren't uh, watching. You weren't paying attention. Um, what uh, you know? How do you respond? One of the things I've been thinking about in all this is how do you respond to Christians who think that you're not being persecuted and that you're just doing this to yourself? Well, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Because what we are doing is we're doing good things. Like what is what is better than worshiping our King together on the Sabbath? And one of the things that the Pharisees did is they picked on Jesus for doing good things on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what we are doing is wonderful. We're we're providing the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in word. People are singing together. People are praying together, and people are receiving hope on the Lord's day. And uh, if all of a sudden people think we deserve to to get a beating, um, and to get the beating that we're getting, and we're getting it, like our church is is taking heat regularly in the media, and we're constantly having the authorities on us. Right. Uh, for doing something good like that, I don't, I don't know where they're at, and uh, like they're, they're not thinking clearly, and they're not thinking spiritually, and they're not thinking like Christians. And this kind of goes back to what, what what we were talking about earlier, where you know Christians need to do a better job making connections between what's happening over here and and the ramifications of the impact of what's happening now. You know, well, I go ahead. go. Ahead. Well, I was just basically to say, like persecution, um, doesn't always look the same you know what what the government is doing in canada with you guys um isn't is is yeah it's leagues different it's in a different league than what 
communist China is doing to Wang Yi, but not uh, not as far off as everyone thinks is going on. I mean, I mean, you, you know, James Coates was in he was in jail for thirty five days. Um, granted, his stay was probably way more humane than uh, Wang Pastor Wang Yi. Um, he, uh, you know, they locked him up for some sort of, you know, in the name of, you know, health violations. They, they're basically locking Pastor Wang Yi up in the, in the name of, you know, uh, 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 practicing, uh, what, I forget the exact terminology it was, but pra- practicing some sort of um, religious practices that weren't sanctioned by the government, something like that. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, 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 it's still persecution. There's still a, it's a, there's still a real reality there. But you're dealing with competing worldviews, and there's one worldview that has it's it is religious, and I and COVIDism has become a religion. There's prophets, there's priests, um, there's there's there, they have their own prophecies, and they have their own way of salvation. And the way of salvation is suffering in your home alone, or hiding in your home alone, and being away from people. And the better we are at this, the sooner we're going to get out of this. And I happen uh, to believe that the the primary um, responsibility of Christians is to worship our King Mm -hmm. and we want him to find a reward for his suffering in our worship. And if we have to suffer a little bit for him who suffered a lot for us, then, uh, then that's what we need to do. I mean, our our people have been fed to lions. They've been burnt alive. um, They've been tortured. And so getting a few tickets on the Lord's day is, is pretty insurmountable. It's, it's not a big deal compared to what some people had to deal with. How have you kind of this this last year? What has happened to uh, you and your thought process as this year's rolled out? What has that done to you? Have you have you kind of grown theologically in how you see the situation and how the church should be leading and responding in all this? Well, I think when you first when I first went into this, um, I I tried to calculate as to what the cost might be, and I didn't I didn't think the cost would be as high as I think it's going to be now, mm-hmm. or at least as it, as it could be. I don't know what it's going to be, but as it could be. Uh-huh. And so I think you hit a point in, in this where it's like, you know what, it's, we, we've got to be willing to give anything uh-huh. at, at this point in time. And so if, if that's what, if that's what the cost of worshiping Christ is, then that's what the cost of worshiping Christ is. We need to be willing to give anything. I thought I just might get a few tickets and that'd be the end of it. Uh-huh. And they, but but they're just piling them up on us, piling them up on us, and they're threatening to take away our church and so on, or our building at least. And then the other thing that that I have learned in the process is I I find that the distraction is is difficult to deal with because I have a congregation to minister to, uh-huh. but but I don't worry about it anymore and uh, really at all the fines the consequences um, because every time that we get hit, every time we get slandered. Uh-huh. Every time I'm in court, every time I'm getting a charge, what I see it as is a is a um is an affirmation or an assurance of salvation. Wow. And it's a wonderful assurance to receive. Like to suffer for the name of Christ and to be persecuted for the name of Christ is you receive it as is you know what the enemy is not happy with what we're doing, and the Lord has considered us worthy. Uh, to suffer for his name. Amen. And so there's sweetness in that. And so I'm at the point now when we get hit, I rejoice Amen. and I thank God. Yep. It's a joy. I think that's one of the things I've learned watching my, my pastor. I mean, you probably watched our church over the last 20 years, go through a number of uh, controversies and uh, 
I just remember how my pastor just responds pretty joyfully through it all. And it's, you know, it's had pretty good uh, national ramifications on us. Our name, our, our name, you know, uh, our, uh, what we're able to do, who, who, you know, just the impact that we can have, it, it, it affects us, um, uh, in all the either, whether it's been slander or whatever controversy is kind of broken out. My pastor constantly goes back to, you know, I think it's first Peter where, you know, um, rejoice, uh, you know, of course, uh, in the, uh, um, uh, Matthew five, you know, when, when you're persecuted and so forth. And, and that's had, a, I think a huge impact on how I see these things, you know, Christians, the tendencies to, to complain, the, the mm-hmm. tendencies to, you know, kind of develop a bad attitude or, or, you know, why is this happening to me? Or these people are, you know, um, idiots, whatever, you know, whatever response you can come up with. But that, you know, uh, I remember one time, uh, uh one story I heard, where my pastor got in trouble for something he said or something. Something happened. Another controversy broke out. So his wife that night went and got a bottle of scotch and said, let's celebrate. You know? And that was, that was really cool uh, to hear. Um, has this had that, uh, you know, what kind of impact has had, had this uh, on your church, on your congregation, on your people? I think, well, the church itself is sweet. I don't think we've ever experienced, I never have, Personally, I don't think our people ever have experienced a um, this sweetness of fellowship. Now, it's it's an interesting dynamic because we have a really tight, a very, a very, very galvanized and tightly knit core, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of very deep relationships there, and there's a lot of trust and love because we've been through a lot of things as a church in the past, mm-hmm. especially the past year. But then, but then beyond the core. I, I feel like I'm pastoring a whole new congregation because there's all of a sudden I'm looking out at my, at my congregation. I'm like, I don't know these people because a lot of them have simply showed up right. within the last two or three months. Right. And, and it seems that the Lord is using the spectacle that we've, we have, we haven't tried to become, but we have become a spectacle in Southern Ontario. Right. And he's using the spectacle to, to build his church. Right. It, it, aren't, there are other churches open in Ontario, probably not very many, but there are other ones. It seems like you guys are getting all the attention. There are there are other ones, and and more and more. I just heard of three more that are going to open illegally this weekend. So I, I there's uh, there's several dozen that are open illegally, and there's some that are larger, but ours is the one that's taking um, the brunt of it right now, and and I just consider it an honor to be part of that. Like we, why are you guys getting, getting picked on? I, maybe, I, maybe we were one of the ones that resisted. I think we we resisted more publicly and strongly early on in Ontario. Okay. And and so they've kind of marked us off, and they've had their sights on us since. Well, they've had their sights on us since December, and I know that in the last year within our regional government, there's over six thousand emails about me and the church. So oh, really. But, yeah, I did an access to information request, and yep. and between between March and January. There were over 6,000 emails about us circulated within regional government and 144 documents. Wow. And so they clearly, they clearly have something, an ax to grind with us. But I think they think that if they make an example out of us, it's just going to scare everyone else. But the way I see it is the harder churches are being beat up in Canada, the bolder um, the churches that are resisting are getting. Right. And, and that's just because they don't know church history. No, they don't understand <laughs> what Christianity is. They think the yeah. church is a business. Yeah. They don't understand the spiritual power. Right. They don't get it. Right. They don't know the force they're up against. And and this is the problem. They think we're like some little mom and pop 
restaurant where we're afraid of the bottom line. And, and the reality is we're, we're afraid of judgment day. Right. And so we want to honor Christ and hear well done, good and faithful servant. When we stand before our King. Amen. Amen. How many, how many fines you guys, how many, like what's the damage you, you mentioned earlier that you, you thought you counted the cost at the beginning, but it's much higher. What is that? What is that ceiling? So between the elders, the church and, uh, and me, we have 28 charges on huh. top and plus the contempt of court charges. So I don't know how many contempt of court charges there are. I think there's two, but I'm not sure. Okay. But there's 28 um, charges for violating the Reopen Ontario Act. Wow. And each charge is worth between 100000 and $10 million. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, and then what, uh, I, what I about, mean maximum. Maximum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. Uh, what about jail time? Uh, each charge for an elder and a pastor is so I have six or seven charges. Each one you could get a year in jail for. So I don't know. So six, seven years for you, kind yeah. of thing, potentially six, maximum. Six, seven years in jail and six, seven hundred thousand. But again, dollars. But that. But again, that's maximum. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the courts are going to do. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's 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 for our king. And if he can suffer a lot for us, we can suffer a little for him. What. Um is going on with other pastors in, in particularly in Ontario. Are there other pastors that are starting to stand up? You know, it seems like in, in one sense, it's like if all the churches opened up tomorrow, the pandemic would be over. There's right. no way they could line up hundreds of churches in the courts and deal with hundreds of, you know, uh, accounts and, and, you know, imprisonment and all, all this stuff. They, they just couldn't manage it. It's just, you know, it's like Black Lives Matter in the street. They, you, you just get away with everything. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, there are. Like, I've received, I received two phone calls this week from pastors. This is the first time I've, I'm aware of in our region where there's going to be a church other than ours open. And I received two phone calls this week from pastors who are going to be open illegally this weekend in our region. And I know that it's going on all over Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I think a lot of guys, because the church... The church attendance was capped off at 15% last weekend, and right. so it's very difficult to prove that right. in court. Right. And so nobody was getting charged other than us, right. but, and maybe one other church too. But, but, but I think this weekend is going to be easy to, to, uh, to prove that you're, you're out of uh, the 10-person limit. So it'll be interesting to see if we're, you know, what happens this weekend with churches. They're going to be on us. I know that. Yeah, so your connection broke off just with me just a little bit. But to clarify, they moved from 15% to only 10 people inside your church building? Right. Last weekend and and since, um, I can't remember when, since Easter, I think it's been at 15%. Okay. And this weekend, it's going to be at a 10-person limit. Yeah. And so it's easier to prove 10-person violation than 15% violation. So I think I think they're going to be on us pretty good this weekend, and they'll probably be on a few others. Have you thought about like you know? Uh, I think it's uh, um, uh, James, Pastor James, his church. They just kind of went underground. Have you thought about doing something like that? What's what, kind of what's your strategy moving forward? Well, if we have to go underground, we will. But I feel like it's a, I, I believe, and and I mean I never I've met with Christians all through the pandemic. I yeah. I don't I you know we really I really didn't start stop ministering to people in person, but I mean, the opera, the official operations of our church were shut down there for a while last March, um, in 2020. But, 
I mean, if, if I guess they lock us out of our building and they lock us off our land, then I guess we might consider going underground or maybe we'll show up at city hall and have church there. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or start a, have black lives matter, come and start a protest in your region. <laughs> then you can just go out and sing songs behind them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's one day at a time. I mean, the Lord gives us our daily bread, right? And so he's yeah. given us what we need for today and we don't know what they're going to throw at us next week. And, and and I trust that when they if they do throw something else at us, we'll we'll have something ready that'll show up. But yeah, what what have you learned from being a pastor in all this? Um, you know, God has given uh, the West particularly a lot of comforts, uh, and, and we you know pastors haven't really had to exercise you know a certain kind of courage for a long time here in the West. Uh, you know, what have you learned as a pastor in all this? So I. I've observed that for a long time in our neck of the woods and probably down there in the States, the, the churches that have tended to grow and, and get the most attention have often been the churches that are pastored with, by the guy with kind of the game show host personality mm-hmm. and all the bells and whistles. You went wrong. Yeah. And, and, and you're seeing those churches melt and, and you're seeing pastors that have a, a backbone are the ones that are all of a sudden people are looking to for leadership. It's almost like the valleys are being raised and the mountains are being lowered. Ooh, yeah. Uh, any? Uh, how can people find out more about you? I know you got your website. Uh, how can they follow you on Twitter or Facebook? Any social media you got going on? Yeah, we're at trinitybiblechapel.ca. So trinitybiblechapel.ca. I'll tell you. I'll tell you an interesting story. It's kind of a. It's in my mind. It's a bit of an omen. If we, if you have. And there's a large seeker church in the area that's been kind of the main show in town for for a long time that everyone's talked about. And they've been open, I think, to my understanding, two Sundays out of the last year, they've been open with all the restrictions and all this wow. stuff. Yeah. They call us the rebel church, I think. But okay. but this is this is sad, but it's a commentary. The church hasn't been open but two Sundays with all restrictions in the last year, is my understanding. Someone killed themselves in the parking lot of that church the other day. Oh, and um, and and this is this is the stuff we're going on. Someone was walking, uh, a person I know was walking downtown of a community just south of us and saw someone hanging from a bridge. Oh, um, the this is this is happening all the time. I'm hearing of people who kill themselves on a regular basis, and I don't know why these guys won't open their churches uh, when you've got heaven and hell on the line. People are are begging for hope, and they're forcing their people to avoid human contact and human relationship in, in the name of obedience. This, the church is being tortured, and the pastors are okay with it. Wow. Well, uh, that's just maddening. Thanks, thanks Jacob, maddening. for coming on, man. Um, you know, we're praying for you, trying to help you guys in any way we can. Excited for what we're able to do with the Fight Life Feast Canada Network. For those who don't know, we're... Rolling out a Fight Laugh Feast Canada network uh, in the coming months. We got uh, Dr. Pastor Aaron Rock coming on. We have the Liberty Coalition guys uh, hopefully coming on. We have, um, uh, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank already. Nate Wright. Uh, yeah, yeah, Nate, Nate and Rebel guys. Nate Wright, thank you, uh, coming on. And, and hopefully, possibly, maybe, if uh, Jacob doesn't get arrested and if uh, um, he's able to make it work out, Oh, Jacob might be coming on the network. We haven't been able to finalize everything with him and his people yet, but um, uh, that's part of what we're trying to do is you know roll out Fight Laugh East Canada over the coming months. There's a lot of just uh, good things going on. It's amazing the spotlight that God has given you guys, given uh, James Coates, given Aaron, 
and everything that's going on. And we really, you know, uh, I really, in my prayer before before we came on live, one of my prayers is that you guys make the U.S. church jealous. And that the U.S. church grows a backbone because of what how you guys are acting. So really appreciate you, brother. Thanks. It's it, Canada for a long time. It's felt like a bedroom above the party. And all of a sudden, it's interesting watching you guys come in. Thanks up here. <laughs> well, well, very good. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, like I said, next week we're going to be in uh, South Dakota, Rapid City, South Dakota. Pretty much uh, me and Toby Knox are going to be there all week. So the daily news brief is going to be a little different. Uh, there's going to be slight changes uh, happening. But keep tuning in. Uh, we might drop a midweek fix while we're going to be at like some sort of Army Ranger sniper training up in the mountains in, in Rapid City on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'm not sure what's going to be able to happen there. But we um, uh, might be able to drop a midweek fix. Um, we still have our Sunday special coming up. we got a great show coming for you guys on Sunday night. So um, uh, make sure you guys tune in. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for joining the water boy on the water break. Lord bless you guys. <laughs>